Hi, Tim Roy for Warriors.com. We continue to get ready for the 2013 NBA draft. Warriors don't have a pick, but that could change. And just at the drop of a hat come draft day, the Warriors might be getting back into the draft to help us uh, get ready for the draft from Draft Express. Jonathan Gavoni, who was just over in Treviso, the 2013 Adidas Euro Camp. And, uh, Jonathan, I know you had a chance to uh, talk to a couple of members of the Warriors traveling party over there. What was your impression of the camp, and, 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 and which players did you like coming out of that? It's always uh, a really fun camp. I've been going there for six or seven years now. And, uh, yeah, a lot of NBA players are, are going to come out of it every year. They might not be immediately apparent, but it's just a very convenient setting where they organize, uh, they put a lot of players together from around the world, and it just saves you quite a bit of time and, and money uh, just getting to, uh, to scout all of them at once, and also everybody from the NBA and, and Europe, all the agents and the team uh, and the leagues are all organ- are collected there. So it's um, it's a really really helpful uh, you know uh, event that you know I'm going to be attending every year for as long as I'm doing this. Jonathan, you've been doing this a, a while. How do you uh, differentiate from watching a guy in a workout setting and trying to translate that? to playing on an NBA team and being a, a role player, a contributor, or a star on an NBA team? Well, what's helpful about Treviso is that it's a five-on-five setting. They also do drills there where you can see players, you know, a little bit outside of their comfort zone doing shooting, ball handling, one-on-one, two-on-two, maybe some things that you might not normally see them do when they're playing with their with their teams, but... Uh, you know, any if you talking about workouts in general, I think that that's um, it's just a piece of the puzzle. It's just another layer of information that you add uh, in terms of the decision making process. So I think it can be helpful uh, to to see a player uh, do things that you know if he has to change positions at the next level, if uh, he has to fit into a different role on a team that than the one he played in college or internationally, I think it's helpful. You get to evaluate different things. But, you know, you take it with a grain of salt because a player can, you know, you can see a guy having the greatest day of his life and he never misses. And uh, But what does that really say about him in the long term? So I think it's another piece of the puzzle, and I think teams approach it like that. Jonathan, who who did you like it in in Treviso? Were there a couple of players that, that stood out? Well, there's a Brazilian kid named Lucas Nogueira. They call him Bebe. Uh, he was projected as a first rounder going in, and he definitely did not diminish his status. He only played for the first day of the camp. He was scheduled already to start to fly out the, on the second day to go uh, and work out get a workout in Minnesota. But uh, he's uh, he's a seven he's a seven footer. He's uh, he's a good athlete. He's incredibly long. Uh, he's a great shot blocker. He um, runs the floor really well, and he's uh, he's a great finisher. He's one of the the most efficient players in the draft in terms of the scoring efficiency. That's because he, he he gets everything around the paint. He's dunking everything. So uh, he uh, he played well in Treviso, and it was good to see him in. Person, I had watched him 
earlier this year, and I think it was in December or January I saw him in Madrid, but it was good to see him against other players his age. Now, as you look at uh, this particular uh, group of European players, I'm also hearing uh, a name from Germany, a point guard by the name of, of Schroeder, who has good wingspan. Is he is he a, a point guard? Is he a tweener? Where, where do you project him? Yeah, Dennis Schroeder. He played in Braunschweig this year. He was a big surprise for a lot of people. This was really his first um, real season of playing. He played a minor role the year before. And he was um, he was one of the best guards in the German league at age 19, which is really impressive. I think he's definitely uh, a point guard. He can score, but he can also organize. He's very good in the pick and roll. Uh, he's very good in transition. Um, he's extremely athletic. He's just as athletic as any of the American guards we have in this draft. And like you said, he has a long wingspan, which. Um, which is intriguing because it allows him to play bigger than his size and it makes him a pass on the defensive end, and he's a very aggressive kid. Uh, so he's intriguing. People are looking at him, I think, in the, um, like the 13 to 24 range, seems to be what his range is, and uh, he did a couple of workouts, and now he went back to Germany. He's going to do a couple more in the next couple of weeks. Now, I've, I've heard that there could be as many as five uh, international players, I won't say European players, international players uh, in the first round. Uh, is that a ballpark number, you think? I could say I've heard maybe six or seven even. It, it really depends on who stays in the draft. The, uh, the, the early entry deadline to withdraw your name is on the 17th, and we're hearing that Dario Saric may or may not pull his name out. He would like to be a first-rounder. So there's a couple of other guys. There's a French kid named Mohamedou Jaite. He's uh, 6'11", very strong, big man. He is considering pulling his name out if he doesn't get a promise in the first round. So we, um, we need to see how, the, um, how things are going to fall in that regard. But it's a, it's a fairly good draft for international players, uh, especially compared to last year. A little bit of a down year on the college end, and I think that's helping the international prospects. We're talking with Jonathan, the Gavoni of uh, Draft Express. And, and Jonathan, uh, when you talk about uh, this overall draft, and, and everyone's, everybody says, oh, it's a down draft, a down draft. I always kind of look at it and say, okay, let's, let's wait a couple of years and then we'll decide, you know, because you never really know, you know, just how a draft will pan out, you know, a few years down the road. But th- it seems that that, that in reading about this draft, that there are some players, especially in, in the lottery, that people can project as, as good, solid role players. Do you think there's a bunch of players in the lottery that will look back in seven or eight years and these guys are maybe not having spectacular careers, but having solid NBA careers? Yeah, I mean, having done this, this is the 10th draft that I'm doing this year. Uh, I really can't remember a year where it wasn't a weak draft, where everybody was just falling over themselves <laughs> in excitement about how fantastic all these guys are going to be. Right. So you know, that's, part, that's part of the nature of this draft. There's, there's quite a bit of unknown. I think uh, I like to look at, I like to talk about the draft two years ago, 2011, uh, where the Warriors got Clay Thompson. People weren't 
overly excited about him. I think he went 11th that year. Um, nobody was all that excited about Kenneth Marie. They said he's a 6'5 power forward with no skills. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, people were kind of writing him off. They said he couldn't shoot, he couldn't dribble, he can't score, he can't do anything. And, you know, lo and behold, all these guys are contributing now in the NBA. There's a lot of players drafted outside the lottery in that supposed week draft that are going to be really, really good NBA players. So I think that a lot of it is going to come down to the situation that these guys find themselves in, the team that they're drafted into, um, how they're developed, uh, and how hard did they work individually. You know, So um, I, I honestly think that the talent level in the U.S. is so high that um, – no matter what, there's always going to be good players. They just need to be put in the right situations and, and, and worked with. So uh, I, um, I hear the sentiment that it, there's no franchise change in talent uh, at the top of the draft, and I agree with that to a certain extent. But to just write off the entire draft to say it's a weak draft, I, I honestly don't agree with that. Jonathan, let's talk about a couple of players. I'm going to start with the – the shooting guard from Indiana, Victor Oladipo, because a lot of people have compared him to Dwayne Wade. Uh, that's huge shoes to fill. But because we're taping this after uh, game four of the finals, Wade is on my mind. Uh, tell me about Oladipo, and, and I see on your mock uh, at DraftExpress.com, you have him going number five to Phoenix. What do you like about him? Where uh, do you project him? Well, he's a good example of uh, of a player who really wasn't highly touted at all a couple of years back. He was not a top high school recruit by any means. He um, he couldn't dribble. He couldn't shoot. He really couldn't do anything. And he's a guy that's really worked on his game. He's gotten in the gym, and he's improved his shooting considerably. He's improved his ball handling. Uh, he's not the most skilled player you'll find that uh, he's not been Maclemore, but he plays with an unbelievable motor. He's an incredibly intense guy. He's a terrific athlete. He's a, an outstanding defender. And, uh, you know, he's a team player. He just he does the little things that, you know, that, that you look for. And um, he's, uh, he's going to help someone day one just with his defense. Maybe we'll compare him to Michael Kidd Gilchrist, who went second overall in last year's draft, was a little bit taller. Um, Oladipo is probably a little bit of a better shooter at this stage, but um, you know he's going to give someone a lot of energy right off the bat. And I don't—I'm not really sure if it's fair to compare him to Dwayne Wade because uh, Dwayne Wade was a was, was a much more prolific scorer at the same age, coming out of college. Um, Oladipo is more of a role player, but um, I think that he he brings similar athleticism and length and and, and defensive ability and transition scoring. Uh, but uh, I, I I like him a lot. I think he's going to be a very solid NBA player. I don't know if he's going to be a star, but I think he I think whoever has him on their team is never going to be disappointed with what he brings. Now, I'm looking at some of the guys who are at the top of the draft, but I want to ask you about guys that are are kind of sliding, a little, not sliding, but but they're going to be taken in the middle of the first round because those are the guys that, that, you know, sometimes they bounce up a few, sometimes they come down a few. 
And I'm wondering about uh, Shabazz Muhammad of UCLA. With all the attention that he has, the age discrepancy, the things going on off the floor with him, uh, do you hear our, our teams backing off him a little bit because of those those types of issues and, and, and you know wondering what kind of guy they're actually going to get on draft day? I think his, his stock definitely dropped from where we projected it at the beginning of the year. There was some, uh, you know, there was he there was some thought that he might have a chance to be the number one overall draft pick, but he did not, um, you know, there he did not have that type of year to be considered in that uh, that high. But um, I also I also I'm hearing now that his stock is dropping like a stone, and he didn't go outside the lottery and all that. And I, I don't really necessarily agree with that either. I think that that's uh, an overreaction. Uh, there's there's a lot of teams in this draft that need a big, strong, wing scorer, someone that could just put the ball in the basket, someone that has great scoring instincts and and it, and is aggressive, comes on the floor looking to score. And there's really not that many guys like that. I was, you know, after Oladipo and um, and Lattimore, it's really, you know, there's really, uh, it's really hard to say who the next best wing is. Some people would say Octavius Caldwell Pope, but uh, even if he goes ahead of Muhammad, there's still quite a few teams that that need to, uh, that have a need for a wing. So I, I still think he's going to be okay. I, I have a hard time seeing him fall outside the lottery, and I think even with with all his flaws, with you know, he's not a, he doesn't never pass the ball, he's not a very good defender. He's never drives right. With all of those things, uh, I still think he's going to be a guy that puts up points in the NBA, and there's a lot of value in that. Where do you see uh, Alan Crabb? I, I noticed on the mock, he's down in the 20s. Alan Crabb out of a Cal, uh, obviously a local kid that many of our fans would like to know your opinion on what type of player you think he can be. Yeah, he had some momentum early on in the process, but I think that that's fooled a little bit. As teams have gone into their war rooms and really started to research his background and spoken to people that have worked with him, I think that uh, his momentum has cooled a little bit just because people are a little bit weary about some of the things that they're hearing about him in terms of the interviews that he's given, uh, you know, what kind, how, what kind of work ethic he has, um, uh, how tough-minded is he, what kind of teammate he is, how he, how pleasant he is to deal with on a day-to-day basis. And um, there is a little bit of concern there. There's a, really, there's a large group of wing prospects in that 20 to 30 range that can really go in a million different ways. And also those, those teams that are drafting in the 20s, a lot of them you know, could move out of the draft, some new teams could move in, so... It's difficult to say exactly where he is, but uh, I think some. it seems like some of the other players in this draft have better momentum than him right now, and the fact that he got hurt a couple of days ago uh, is not going to help him in terms of you know, going into teams and impressing them with his play because he really is a very talented and skilled player. So uh, you know, I'm not quite sure where he projects at this stage. Jonathan, I know I've kept you a while here. I really appreciate your time. That you guys have a great website, and I know you guys work at this 24/7, uh, 365. If people wanted to uh, follow uh, your updates on Twitter, how would they do that? 
Facebook at DraftPress is my Twitter handle. And you can follow him as I do and, and uh, get updated as to what's going on in this year's NBA draft and drafts to come. And, and uh, Jonathan, I would love to get you back on at some point, maybe like mid-season. We have a weekly radio show, and, and maybe you could give us an update as to who, who do you think is going to be good in the 2014 NBA draft. I think that would be great for our fans to hear. That sounds great. Yeah, anytime. Jonathan, thank you so much for your time, and, and uh, best of luck with your coverage heading to the draft. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, if you're not ready for the 2013 NBA draft, then you haven't been coming to Warriors.com enough. We're continuing to preview the 2013 NBA draft to get you ready for some of the stars of the future. I'm Tim Roy for Warriors.com.